Warning, the episode you're about to hear may cover stories that involve curses that can be transmitted just by hearing the story. Listener discretion is advised. A local coffee shop in Hood River may actually be the site of a stinky haunting. And then we often take a look at stories of witnesses who peer beyond the veil, who see something completely unexplainable, horrific, or bizarre. But what happens when the witness, the storyteller, is actually the cursed item itself? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys had a really fun weekend. This is the last week of season 17, so we got these five episodes, and then I take two week, I take a two-week break, and I'll be back after I catch a leprechaun and earn all the gold in the world and a couple wishes as well. I will be I'll be back in a golden robe recording more Dead Rabbit Radio for you. What week will that be? Let me take a look here. So I will be back, let's say, on April 5th. April 5th is when Dead Rabbit Radio will recommence. But that is in the future. Let us look at the now. And right now, coming into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our Christmas live stream supporters. We've had, we finally got through all the Thanksgiving ones. Give it up for Nephilim Operation Wrinkled. Woo! Come on in. I, I, here's the thing. No one's walking in. Here's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's actually their name. I don't know if there was a YouTube user by the name of Nephilim who wanted me to do a story on something called Operation Wrinkled. Or if their name is actually Nephilim Operation Wrinkled. Whoever you are, thank you for supporting the show financially. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Now, little wrinkly, little wrinkle dude, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're just driving a few blocks away to a local unnamed coffee shop here in Hood River. <laughs> And you go, Jason, wait, you're not naming the coffee shop. You figured this would be good publicity for him. It would be if it would be if I was just going to talk about how yummy the coffee was or how good the customer service was. I don't know how to make heads or tails of this story. This one's really, really weird. It just happened to me yesterday. So I go to this coffee shop, this unnamed coffee shop, and there's this table that this dude always sits at. I'm not going to name the guy either. But there's this table that this dude, we'll call him Jesse. We'll say his name's Jesse, but it's not. Jesse always sits at this table. He sits at this table all the time, same table every day at this coffee shop. Now, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with Jesse. I do not have a problem with Jesse. I've never really had a problem with Jesse. I've interacted with him a lot over the years. Never had a problem with him. But I personally know of a lot of women who don't like this dude. And not like they don't like it, because I always go, I find it so interesting. I go, why don't you like, why don't you like Jesse? And the answer is always the same. I don't know. I don't know why I don't like him, but I don't like him. It's not like his personality. It's something about him that is super off-putting. Again, Jesse, if you're listening to this and you know who you are, there's a guy named Jesse right now crying. He's like, oh, I hate coffee. I don't even know why I'm being talked about. I know a lot of women who just don't like this guy. They just don't want to be around this dude. I don't have a problem with them, right? And so they'll say, I think it has something to do with, like, uh, women. 
Like, but I, but I go, you think like he's a pervert or something? They're like, I can't put my finger on it. First off, why do you want to keep talking about Jesse? Can't put my finger on it, but I just, I just, he's very off-putting is the word I hear a lot. Right? Two, I just don't like the guy. He goes that far. And he, but then he's, you know, married and stuff like that too. So it's not like he's this gremlin crawling through the sewers of the city. Anyways, I go and I sat in his chair the other day. He wasn't there. It's a nice chair. I went and I sat in the chair of this unnamed coffee shop. And I don't even know how to place all this stuff together. I'm sitting there. I was doing research for the show. Drinking my coffee. And I'd sat in this chair once before, a couple weeks ago. I normally don't sit in the chair because he's normally always there. I'm sitting in this chair and I'm doing research, looking up spooky stuff on my computer. And I don't cuss often in this show, really. But so, so if you're listening to this at work because you're like, Jason never cusses. He talks about all sorts of hideous stuff. I don't know why he thinks it's so impressive that he doesn't cuss when he's talking about people voluntarily removing their penises. It's, it's just as bad, Jason. It's just, no, no one listens to this show at work. It's such a crapshoot. Well, I there is no way for me to explain what happened without using vulgar language. I'm sitting there at this chair that Jesse is always at. And again... I have no problem with this dude. I'm not, saying he, I'm not saying he caused. Actually, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm sitting there in the chair and I'm looking up spooky stuff. And all of a sudden, I'm hit with a smell that could only be described as if you've ever sat next to a dog and its anus opened up and fresh shit came out of that dog. Like, you're right next to it. You didn't plan on it, right? This wasn't a fetish. You're just sitting there for whatever reason. You're sitting on the ground watching a television show. And this dog just poops. It's not poop. It was like this fresh, wet smell. And it just magically appeared in in this coffee shop. And I'm sitting there on my computer, and all of a sudden, I smelt it. And it was wet and warm and disgusting. And I thought... I thought there was a dog next to me pooping, and I kind of looked around. There's nothing. I kind of look around. No one else is smelling it. No one else is sitting near me, right? It's not me. I know I didn't poop my pants. And the smell lingered for a couple minutes. It was rank. It was so gross. And then it went away. Okay, so I'm, I'm good to go around taking another drink. I'm like, mm-mm, that made me hungry. Ten Tootsie Rolls, please. Nom, nom, nom. I'm sitting there and I'm drinking my coffee and I go back to writing or researching, writing up notes. And maybe 15 or 20 minutes pass and it the smell hits me again. It's so new. And when I say new, I mean like the food just got done getting digested. It was organic waste matter. And the smell was just filling my nostrils. And again, I looked. I don't, I don't know why I thought if I looked this time I could spot what the source of the smell was. I looked around and I always smelt it coming from the right side of me, which is the wall. Now, there was not, there was not, there's not a dog trapped in the wall. Don't call animal control. But there was like a maybe a foot gap between me and the wall. There's like this little corner. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, what in the world could be causing this hideous smell? It happened about every 15 minutes. You would get hit with the smell of fresh excrement. 
And again, not human poop, right? Human poop has a totally different smell. This was hot anus, fresh shit smell. <laughs> There's a difference. If, I, if, if a dude was taking a dump next to me, it wouldn't have smelled this bad. Well, I guess to be fair, it depends on the dude. It depends on the dude, right? He just he's walking in, he's throwing a Taco Bell wrapper in the garbage, and he's like, oh, and he starts stretching. That might not be the best, but I still wanted it smelt as bad as this. And it happened about every 15 minutes. <laughs> I was there for like an hour and a half. I just tanked it because I had to do this research, and they do really make good coffee there. My question is this: We talked about this on last week's episode about psychic landmines. We talked about. We've talked about it before on the show, people leaving behind this psychic residue. Jesse, if you listen to the podcast, if you listen to the podcast, I like you. I don't have a problem with you at all. But I'm wondering if this is some sort of psychic time bomb that either A, he left, or B has latched onto him. I didn't think about that. I thought about that, but I didn't think of the implications of that. What if he's a mild-mannered dude, but he got, like, this poop demon on him, and women find him super off-putting? And not all women, but a lot of women find him off-putting. I don't know, dude. I hope it hasn't latched onto me. I, I, Because rationally, I'm thinking... Did I step in poop? And I didn't because the smell was so fresh. I did check my shoes. Then I started thinking, like, maybe the coffee shop has some sort... This is how conspiratorial I got because I couldn't figure out what was causing the smell. I thought, maybe the coffee shop, because they don't like people hanging out in there all day long, every so often they'll spray the scent of fresh dog poop onto your table to make you leave. And I thought... I'm sure there'd be an easier way to do that. I'm sure it'd be an easier way for them to walk up and be like, sir, would you like more coffee or we're going to have to ask you to leave? I don't think I don't think they would irradiate their store just so people stay longer than 15 minutes. Super weird. I think it's a haunting. There was no other way. There was no one sitting around me. There was no animals around me. Um, even if you think it was like a leaky pipe going through, everyone shut off the podcast. You're like, damn, Jason, just, just, I don't even want to hear the other stories because they might curse me. And you keep telling this one, this isn't the cursed one, right? No, it's not. Even if there were pipes going through the walls that carried raw human sewage, it wouldn't have made that smell. And it wouldn't have made that smell on a regular interval. I think there's some sort of spooky smell ghost there. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe a dog was pooping and had a heart attack right when it was pooping. And that was like its favorite activity was pooping indoors back in 1803. When before the coffee shop was built, there was a hermit's shack there. Super weird. I think there is, again, Jesse, I don't have a problem with you. But <laughs> I'm wondering if there is a connection between his presence being there and the poop smell being there. Not that he poops his pants. I'm trying to be very, very nice to the guy again. I don't have a problem with him at all. I'm sincerely don't have a problem with them but um yeah weird right psychic landmine something that's attached to him i I will continue to study this phenomenon we will see how deep the dog anus goes that sounded bad (laughs) even as a joke even as a pun I, i didn't even like the sound of that but we'll see like i'll go back I start live streaming from there. Everyone's like, Jason, we obviously know what coffee shop you're at. We see the employees in the background with, with clothespins on their nose. And they're all worshiping a giant, like, brown floating hole. Never mind. I'm not even going to keep going with those jokes. Nephilim, Operation Wrinkled. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the 
Dead Rabbit Dirigible, we're going to leave behind this coffee shop. We are headed all the way out to a small house in suburban America. Now, here's the thing. This is one of those stories where we don't really have a location. I'm assuming it's in America just because I'm in America. And I know where the dirigible can fly here. If it goes overseas, I have to pay all sorts of import and export taxes. So we're just flying around America, and we're going to check out the house of this young woman. This story just happened the other day, too. This story just happened on March 6, 2022. Online, she goes by Acadia Flimsy 5338. We're going to go ahead and call her Tiffany. That's the real name. Just a guess. Her real name's Jesse. She's like, oh no, I'm the pooper. So Tiffany has a teenage sister, like 14, 15 years old. And the other morning on March 6th, Tiffany's walking around the house and her sister, we'll call her Betty, says, hey, hey, Tiff, what in the world was going on this morning? Tiffany's like, what are you talking about? And she goes, listen, dude, that was so creepy. What happened? What were you doing? Like, totally freaked me out. Like, honestly, whatever you were doing was so upsetting, like, I didn't even want to move. Like, you terrified me like I was a deer in headlights. And Tiffany's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So just, just I'm not, I don't know. I didn't, wasn't doing anything spooky. Betty goes, listen, I woke up this morning. It was probably like 6.45 around there. I'm walking through the house and I get to your bedroom and your bedroom door is cracked open. And I see you staring at me through the crack in the door. And I don't know, I don't even know how to explain this, but I immediately felt something in my body say, don't, don't get any closer. And I'm looking at you standing through the crack of the door, like you're staring at me. And you have this totally blank look on your face. And you're not blinking. You're staring at me. Now, Tiffany goes, I have no idea what, I have no idea what you're talking about. I wasn't standing all creepy in the door. She's taking notes. She's like, I'm going to do that later on Halloween night. I'll scare everybody. So Betty's looking at Tiffany through the door. Tiffany's staring back at her and she's not blinking. She just has this blank look on her face. And then all of a sudden, you started to jump around. You were jumping almost like side to side, each arm being raised and then lowered, and your legs were kind of kicking in this weird way. And I'm watching you, and through the crack in the door, I can see your body. The door's not just a sliver. I can see most of you. You're jumping up and down as if you were a marionette puppet, as if someone was pulling invisible strings to move each arm and leg. And your head would flop from side to side, and you just jumped there in front of me, for a couple moments. And then you walked out of your room. And again, I stepped back. I, I, I don't know what was going on, Tiff. But I felt like you weren't you. I took a step back. And you walked out of your room. And you walked down the hallway. You went into the bathroom. It really scared me. That genuinely scared me. To I don't know how you did it. I mean, I could probably fake being a marionette puppet, but the the blank look on your face and just the feeling you gave me. What in the world were you doing this morning, Tiff? And Tiffany is processing this whole story, and she goes, "When did this happen?" And Betty goes, uh, "6:45, 6:45." And Tiffany goes, "Okay, here's the thing. 
let's look at this logically. First off, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. So here's our options. One, I was sleepwalking, maybe? But I've never slept walk before. Never done that. What was I wearing? And Betty goes, you were wearing a white shirt and it had some it had lettering on the back. It had said something on the back of it in black as you were walking down the hallway. And Tiffany goes, well, I went to bed in a red shirt. I woke up in a red shirt. And I don't own a white shirt with black lettering on the back. And I was awake at 5.30 a.m. I was awake. So it couldn't have been sleepwalking. I remember waking up. I, I was most likely in my room around 6.45. But not doing creepy dances, not being this figure that instills utter fear in my sister. Definitely not jumping up and down like a little marionette puppet. And Tiffany and Betty just kind of look at each other. And the mystery has begun. What was in Tiffany's room that morning? Now, I say the mystery's begun, but it's also ended. You know, this story was just posted online. It happened about, what, two weeks ago at this point? A week and a half ago, March 6th? And Tiffany's really like, I'm looking for any answers. And a lot of people are saying, well, maybe it was that maybe you were sleepwalking. Maybe your sister was dreaming. Maybe she was dreaming that she saw. And Tiffany goes, like, that could be. My sister could have had an ultra-realistic dream, and she thought it was real. But I don't wear those clothes. I'm not a marionette puppet. I blink like every other normal human. What happened in my house? She actually titles the post, Entity Using My Appearance. Need thoughts. Because that is kind of the paranormal answer where we're at. Some sort of doppelganger. Some sort of demon. Some sort of ghost. What's interesting is, when I read this story, it was like one in the morning. And I read spooky stuff throughout the day. I read curiosities, bizarre stuff, horror stuff, throughout the day and night. I live alone, so I'm constantly just sitting there in bed scrolling through stuff. This story, when I was reading it... In the pitch black bedroom, save for the light on my phone, I immediately made sure <laughs> immediately made sure my feet were under the blanket. Normally I don't. Normally I just have the blanket maybe around my waist, if at all. A lot of times I don't sleep with the blanket at all. But the marionette dance, looking through the crack of the door, and again, there's not like a sliver. Like she was enough to see Tiffany's face. She was enough. I think the crack in the door implies she has a, a super obscured sense of vision. It's not really that. The dance, the marionette dance, for whatever reason, really, really creeped me out. Generally, when humans do inhuman things like that, it is unsettling. And here we have something that is, if we're in the paranormal world, right, which we are because we're doing this podcast, something copying Tiffany's appearance but getting certain details wrong, certain telling details wrong. One, having a face that doesn't blink, but you could go, well, maybe the entity is still trying to learn how to be human. And the reason why I keep saying entity is because uh, the sister, Betty, she had a aversion to this thing. She, did, she felt she shouldn't get anywhere near this. 
But the face not moving correctly, we've seen that in old Skinwalker stories, where the creature lo slowly starts to learn how to be more human, how to blend in better. And the dancing, the marionette dancing, it could have been it getting its motor running, basically, like troubleshooting everything, making sure it's moving. It could have also been, I find this idea interesting, if I can explain it correctly, that event could have not have happened. That could have been a psychic thing that Betty saw. She was actually at that point seeing the entity. The entity was just standing there perfectly still, but from Betty's point of view, she saw it being controlled like a marionette puppet because basically her third eye was open and she was seeing what it truly was, a puppet. It didn't actually do the marionette dance, but she perceived it doing the marionette dance because what she's looking at is a puppet in the shape of her sister. Does that make sense? But then the idea that it has the wrong clothing. Like, where'd she get that shirt from? Did she go to Forever 21, the spirits floating around the mall and be like, oh, I'm going to take over a teenage girl's life today. But first, stylish. And it's like floating around. It has a little montage that's trying on clothes. Where'd that t-shirt come from? Did it come from a past victim? Did this creature recently come from some other young woman's house and it had completely destroyed her life and her family's life and now it's here and this is a piece of clothing it's wearing from that house? <laughs> Did it have a musical montage fashion show? Who knows? What was the writing on the back? Was it some catchy saying like, don't wake me before I've had coffee? That's not really catchy. But I mean, don't, don't go and trademark that because no one will want it. Or was it some sort of weird spell or uh, warding ritual or what? Who knows? So, just a creepy story, and this is a story that I remember I read it, and I was like, ugh, gross, and I covered myself up with my blanket. I get underneath my blanket with my flashlight, it's like, it's too spooky to read. And then I was reading it again the next, like, a couple days later, and I was like, it still really unnerved me. The story itself unnerves me. Um, this might be a cursed story. This story, maybe I'm just a big baby, right? That's true, too. Maybe I'm just a big old baby, but it's also possible that this story is cursed. So that's why I did include the warning in the beginning. Maybe not, right? This next story, though, may also be a little... It's a little spooky. I don't know if it's cursed, but for whatever reason, I've read this story a couple times. I got the idea that this may be not... This may not necessarily be something you want to talk about on a huge paranormal podcast because I may have just uh, unleashed something. But maybe not. Maybe it's just a creepy story, and it's that perfect segue into our next story. What happens when the person who's telling the story is the subject of it? Now, technically, Betty was telling the story to Tiffany, but Tiffany's telling it to us. A lot of times when we see these accounts of doppelgangers, they're saying, I saw a doppelganger of my dad, or I saw a doppelganger of the person I was out hunting with, or whatever. Very rarely, it does happen, but it's much more rare, where the person telling the story says, there's a doppelganger of me walking around. People are seeing another version of me. But this next story takes it even further, really. It doesn't involve a doppelganger, but it really asks the question, what if the person telling the story, experiencing the story, is the root problem of the story? Nephilim, Operation Wrinkled, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind this house in suburban America. We're headed all the way out to another, to another house, also somewhere in suburban America. Again, I don't really know where this story takes place. 
this is this is an interesting story, though, and it starts at the point where we're the most hopeless, when we're still in our mother's womb. Me, me. Do babies make noises in the womb? I don't know. I know they eat food and they poop and then they eat their poop, but I wonder if like their little vocal cords are like me. They're making noises. Anyway, so let's ask this guy. He's a baby in this part of the story. This guy online, he goes by the name Personal Winter 5344. We're going to go ahead and call him Jimmy. But he's not named Jimmy yet. He's still a little dude flown around in his mommy's belly. And this is the story that he heard. He obviously don't remember this part of it, right? He's all peeking through the belly button. I see you. He was told as he was older that his father was really into demonology. <laughs> okay, I know not everyone gets to start off at the best point in life. If your dad's into summoning demons, you're probably not going to have the easiest upbringing. But anyways, his dad's into demonology, and he tells his wife, listen, we have the power right now to make our lives better. Let me perform this ritual on our unborn child, and we can have a luckier life. The mom's like, ah... I mean, on the one hand, on the one hand, I do like luck. But on the other hand, you're about to summon the dark forces of the universe into my womb. Somehow he talks her into this, right? Somehow he talks her into this. And he casts a ritual on top of her pregnant belly. He has, like, skulls there. I can imagine just all this stuff balanced on this woman's stomach. She's like, ah. He has, like, human skulls, maybe? I don't know, maybe rodent skulls. Probably the skulls that he could get. He has skulls. He has some candles and a weird liquid that he has that he pours on Jimmy's house. Jimmy's living in his mom right now, and he's performing this ritual over Jimmy's little floating baby body. Now, he's told about that when he was older, but he wasn't that much older before he started to experience some really, really bizarre events in life. He goes, listen, I have younger brothers and sisters, so I know what's normal. I know how kids normally act, and this isn't normal. Like, the stuff that I went through wasn't normal, because I didn't see any of my other brothers and sisters go through this. He goes, when I was two years old, I was crying once, and I'm sitting there in the living room, and I'm pointing and screaming. It was more of a screaming at something in the corner of the room, and the family is trying to console me. And I'm just crying and crying and crying and I'm trying to explain what I saw. But what I saw is hard to explain, let alone for a two-year-old baby. He goes, what I saw was this giant spider in the corner of the room. And it had the face of an old white man just staring at me. And I'm crying, and I'm pointing, and I just want it to go away. And this giant spider with this face of an old white man is just crouched in the corner of the room. And no one else can see it. No one else can get rid of this thing. I just want it gone as this old man just stares. And it's interesting because I don't know, as a rational outside observer, and some of you guys may put rational in air quotes, I don't know if it's a spider with the head of an old white man or if it's a spider. You're like, Jason, you're really... 
You're really, really, like, these are both terrifying. I don't know if it's this a spider with the head of an old white man, or if it's a normal spider, because he kept using the word face, if it's a, not a normal spider, right? It's a giant spider, and on the back of its belly, like, on the on its big, hard back, you know, that, like, you have to put the spear in is if you ever, like, shrink down the part that you stab. If that had, like, a face of an old man. Because in the world of the metaphysical, it could be both, right? Or one or the other. It could be either one is what I meant to say. In the world of like the metaphysical, it could be a spider with the image of a like a projection almost. Like you're looking at the spider and again what he's seeing is the old white man's soul trapped in the spider or it's part of the spider or it was an actual spider with an old man's head. Either one is going to make a two-year-old kid cry. Either one would make an adult cry. And what's interesting is at this point, Jimmy says, the reason why I'm specifying that this is an old white man is because my dad hates white people. Hates them. And it's almost like this spider would have been a representation of what my father despises most in the world. But, again, you're two years old. I mean, it'd be super creepy, right? No one can do anything about this spider. But, again, he thinks that there's a connection between the fact that his dad hates white people and they're seeing this spider. Fast forward a couple years. Little Jimmy is about five or six years old. And the family gets called to go visit the grandparents. And when Jimmy gets in the car and the family drives out to the grandparents' house, they get there. The entire extended family is at the grandparents' house. And Jimmy goes, I remember running around the house and just kind of having fun. Trying to have fun. You know, you're always looking everywhere for spiders. They're like, ah! But I remember the parents were talking. And the uncles and aunts were talking. And the grandparents were talking. It was just, like, boring, right? So I just kind of playing in rooms. As much fun as you can find in a grandparent's house. Wasn't paying much attention to what they were talking about. Figured it was something serious. And then eventually, the grandma calls everyone into the room. All of the preliminary stuff is done. The grandma brings everyone into the room and she has an announcement for the families. She said, myself and the other women in our family have been talking to each other. We've all been experiencing very disturbing dreams. In these dreams, we are visited by an old white man. And he steals something from us. He takes something from us in the dream. The grandma says, in each dream it's different. In her dream, the old man stole money from her. In her dream, the old man took a life. Stole away a loved one. But all of the women in the family have been visited in their sleep by the old white man. Now, it's not clear, but from what I understand, Jimmy did not tell them about the spider. At this point in the story, Jimmy had not mentioned anything, because again, he was two years old. 
He's not like, oh, the spider paper with the head on the spider or the head on the shell. I don't know. I don't know why all of a sudden he's Geppetto. But he was he really describing that? They're having this meeting and he's an afterthought. If he, if he had said, oh, I saw this thing back when I was two, it would have been one thing. They would have been consulting him, right? So apparently at this point in the story... He has not told him about what he saw with that spider. And again, how would a two-year-old even think that was notable? To a two-year-old, that's just a normal thing. Sometimes spiders have the heads of old people. About a year or two later, Jimmy starts to suffer from serious sleep paralysis. It's brand new to him, right? This is something we study all the time, something we look at, where you can't wake up. Well, you can wake up, but you can't move, and that's a lot of times you'll see stuff that may or may not be real. You could still be dreaming. A lot of times we see shadow men or gray aliens or stuff like that. He starts to suffer through sleep paralysis, and he has a couple of creepy sleep paralysis stories, but that's what they are. They're sleep paralysis stories. So we'll move past those to get to some of these other just odd... His life just becomes a collection of odd events. And they're spaced out so far. I mean, he is terrified of falling asleep each and every night. I'm like, oh, we're just, we'll just pass up that trauma to move on to this other stuff. Just these weird details. You remember once he came home and there was a pair of shoes in his house. This is so, this is so weird, right? He comes home one day and there's a pair of shoes in his house and he looks down at them. And he said they were too big for a, a human. They were too big for a person. But I looked down at this pair of shoes in my house, and no one could fit into these shoes. And I just went about my day. He thought it was odd when it happened. He thinks it's odd because he's telling it to us late years later. But that is something that's so benign that I think a lot of people wouldn't even acknowledge it. You walk in and there's like a pair of size 15 shoes. And you go and you break out your Sega game gear and you're just playing games. You know, you know, you're like, that's weird. I didn't know, I didn't know a clown lived here. But again, like, what is that? I just thought that was such a bizarre, creepy detail. Again, did he actually look down and see a physical pair of shoes or did he see the representation that there was something that huge, that powerful, that had taken up residence in his house? And the only way his brain could make sense of that was seeing a giant pair of shoes next to where everyone else put their shoes when they came in the house. One time he sees a headless figure running down the hallway and run into his sister's room. There's, he didn't say that he went after it. He didn't say he went in to go check on his sister. He's like, he breaks out the Sega Game Gear. He's like, she'll be okay. I mean, not like I've had a horrible childhood or anything. I gotta beat Ninja Gaiden. Years later, the grandma of the family dies, the matriarch, the woman who was giving this speech before about the dreams. She dies, and it completely shatters the family. Family completely dissolves. All of the aunts and uncles that had spread out over the years, and children and grandchildren, this is what happened to my family too. When my grandma died... It was like you just snapped all those family chains. Sure, we see each other on Facebook, say hi and stuff like that. But all of those greetings and all of those holidays and all of that space we could be in and that person we all loved equally the same died. The family just fell apart. And it was almost like this life raft for this family, right? So the family's in ruins. Well, not as <laughs> not a bunch of destitute hobos walking down the street. They're like, Grandma, Grandma paid our rent. She was the only reason we were able to eat pot roast. 
they're doing fine. <laughs> they still have a house, but the family ties, the ties of that bind have been severed. One night he wakes up and he hears a weird sound coming from his brother's room. He probably realized, oh man, I really should check that my sister and that headless freak ran inside. He actually gets up to investigate this one. He's older at this point. He's walking down the hallway and he hears this noise in his brother's room. And he looks through the door and he sees his brother standing up over his bed, looking down at his bed. So his brother is standing looking at the brother's bed. And sleeping in that bed is his brother. And Jimmy ran down the hall. Probably probably didn't run. Probably tiptoed silently, urinating the entire way. And got back into his bed. And he goes, I, I couldn't even process what I had just seen. So we got another doppelganger going on there. And then... Hey everyone, this is Jason. Um from the future i'm editing this episode if you listen to the episodes the day they come out you'll notice the one is really late uh this episode is 100 percent cursed uh something weird has happened while i was editing it the fact that part of the episode disappeared from the edit and i this has not happened before i if anyone's familiar with audio program or really any program there's undo keys and you're able to go back and make sure i didn't accidentally delete something at some point and a pivotal section of the story uh, this part that's coming up disappeared i had to go back to a raw audio version that i keep for safety to find this and even though i kept going through the the edited version that you're hearing now or you've heard up to this point um the, i never it never appeared in this episode i actually almost missed it um i was finishing up the edit and i thought well i didn't i didn't hear this section so this episode i've never had come across this before um i've been using this program now for more than four years but definitely four years on the podcast i think you guys can tell how tired i am and how serious i am when I'm saying that this next segment, you'll I'm going to leave the audio as, as raw as possible. I'm not going to do my noise reduction or anything on it. Um, th this story's cursed. This story's uh, this. Listen to your own discretion. No, it's a bit of a cliffhanger, but uh, definitely, I've never come across that before. The audio just disappeared. If I had not caught it. You would have been like, huh? Like, you might not even notice it missing, right? Because <laughs> I ramble a lot. But uh, definitely, for whatever reason, uh, this segment coming up with the grandmother disappeared from the edit. I had to go back to a raw audio take to include it. So here we go. Hey, guys, I'm going to tell you something real quick. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. I'm recording this part maybe 20 minutes after you just heard that last part. I have had nothing but issues trying to stitch in 10 seconds into this show. This 10-second clip, I have had my keybinds are all wonky. I could not find the file again. I found it. I put it into the edited file, and then it got deleted. I had to go back into the raw audio again. Had trouble even locating it there. It's weird. It's like a 9 or 10-second segment. I'm having a hard time recording this. 
any movement I make flips out. Guys, I've been doing this for four years, right? Um, I, audio problems are not an issue with this show. So I'm going to play you this fairly unremarkable sounding clip with no audio processing whatsoever. You're going to hear it like it was recorded, and there is a very high chance that what you're about to hear is cursed, because I'm having nothing but audio issues and recording issues and patience issues. So, again, listener discretion is advised. It's Here we go. And then you'll hear the regular episode pop back up. The audio quality will return, but... And he wraps up his story like this. He goes, one night, you know, I'm still suffering from sleep paralysis and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll wake up and I'll see this spider with the man's face watching me. He, but one of the most disturbing events, right? One night he woke up and he sees his grandmother standing over him. But he said, nothing about her was her. He again got that feeling like this was anything but his loving grandmother. And she just stood there, standing over him. A huge smile spread across her silent face. He says, I always joked about my dad doing voodoo stuff, but he did. It was just a couple of months ago he had confirmed this, that he had actually, that this spell was not just an urban legend. <laughs> it was an urban legend only in one family, that it was real, that he was into that stuff. And what's interesting is he says, shortly after he talked to his dad about that, he goes, I watched a video of someone having sleep paralysis and seeing that spider with a man's face. So I'll, I'll, I got to say, it's a very, very interesting story. The, the grammar leaves a little bit to be imagined. I don't know if that means he was watching a video of a guy having sleep paralysis and then the spider jumped up in the video or if he saw the spider at a separate event, like when he went to go skip the ads, the spider showed up and goes, ah, 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 that's how YouTubers get paid. I don't know. But what happens when you're a ghost hunter? You go to a location, you check out the location, maybe you do some razzle-dazzle and the spirit moves on. Or maybe you're an exorcist, you do some razzle-dazzle and the demon moves on. But what happens when you're the problem? What happens when you're the haunted location? What happens when everything comes down to you? And people are saying, you know, you should start praying, you should go get an exorcist and all that stuff. And yeah, that's all well and good. I'd probably give him the same advice. But what type of bargain did his father make before he was even born? Like, it may not have a possession of his soul. It may have a possession of his physical body. The dad, because Jimmy doesn't have any animosity towards white people, but the dad does. So it would make sense that this demonic figure that would come into their life took the form of what the father hated the most. And the worst part is the dad's not even seeing it. It's harassing the son. Now, he's seen these other events. He's seen the headless figure going into the sister's room. He's seen the brother staring at himself while he's sleeping. And which one was the real one, right? Was the doppelganger standing up or was the doppelganger in bed? And if you went to your bed and you were super sleepy and you saw your doppelganger in there, would you just be like, I'll figure this out tomorrow? 
But poor Jimmy, he is the haunted object. Like that stuff that he's seen, they're not complaining about this stuff. The sister's like, I have a new boyfriend. There's photos of her standing there with a the headless, headless goblin. She's like, don't worry, he's really, really sweet and he has a great job. It seems to mostly be affecting him. It doesn't even seem to be affecting the dad. He's just he's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I did that stuff a long time ago. We got kind of lucky and then grandma died and that sucked. But then the grandma's coming back. Like it, it seems to all be circling around him. And this is going on right now. The story doesn't have a conclusion. It doesn't go, oh, and then I went to the local priest and we got the same care of No. The story ends with, yeah, my grandma the other night or a couple weeks ago or whatever showed up staring at me. Like, this story is ongoing. He was cursed before he was born. And the family starts having these visions of this old white man sneaking into their dreams. And then it's still here. The things are still going on. And as a ghost hunter, as a paranormal researcher, this would be your worst case scenario. If you were the problem. If you were the curse. And what's interesting is they're not putting forth any way of trying to help themselves or how to help themselves. It's just, I think I'm possessed on a website with like 11 views or whatever it is. And they're living their life right now as we continue to look up spooky stories and talk about dog buttholes this guy is going through it right now and who knows where this story ends was a bargain actually stricken with a dark spirit and this spirit is now infesting the house and not just we're not just infesting the house infesting the life the experience of these people and i think of that grandma right that she passed away and she was also taken under by this dark spirit, another figure, another creature, another sliver of unending evil appearing in our world, taking the guise of this grandma because of some sort of ritual her son did because he wanted to get a little bit lucky and instead ended up invoking such dark energy into the world. It's slowly destroying the entire family and definitely having a detrimental effect on his son and this story has not ended but it asks that question what happens when you are the subject of research what happens when you are the cursed object it's easy to get rid of a cursed painting or a haunted doll you can always leave a location that's been taken over by evil forces but what if you are that location how do you defeat a curse if you are the curse, if you are the problem, if you're the source of the evil, I think sooner or later, Jimmy is going to have to figure that out. Because if he thinks his life is already filled with unexplainable horrors, he has no idea what waits him on the other side of death. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.